The real key to happiness is just to be able to appreciate what you have. Five seven six nine class cause and correction. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And actually, I was in the midst of a series that I just started with my last message called "The Causes of Lack." But God spoke something to me, and for the first time, I just had to ask. I said, Lord. Can I just pause that series for just a minute and just preach from what you just told me? I said, this thing just burning in my gut. Can I just stop the series for just a minute on the causes of lack and just preach from what you told me? And I asked God about that thing two or three times. And he said, go ahead and preach it. So I'm going to preach it today. This is something that just from what God told me. And this is what he told me. He said, you are so happy. Because you see me in everything. That was the word in the sentence that God spoke to me. He said, you are so happy because you see me in everything. And I want to tell you three things about that. First of all, number one, I am happy. Sometimes in the middle of the day, I just sit and I say, woo, woo. It's like that electronics brand, LG, that simply says, life's good. That's their slogan. Sometimes I just stop in the middle of the day and say, woo, life is good. Have y'all just ever had moments like that when you just had to say to yourself, life is good. I feel like that 99% of the time. I just really do. So that's number one. I really am happy. We had Prophet Hector here. He was here on Thursday and a few months ago when he came up, he touched my stomach. He fell back. He said, man, you are the happiest person that I've ever touched. And I am. There's no jive about it. I am happy. That's number one. Number two is that I have great blessings. I really do. It's some stuff in my life that's really phenomenal. I have some great blessings that God has just poured upon me in so many of the areas of my life. There's just no question. I've got some great blessings. So number one, I am happy. Number two, I have some great blessings. Number three, I've got some issues in every single area of my life. I got issues in every single area of my life. There's not a single one of the four major areas of life that I don't have some issues in. And some of you all may think, well, Pastor, you just don't. Yes, I do. I got issues in every single area of life. We just left a conference that my brother Bishop Dale had, and he had some phenomenal speakers there. And so many of the mega pastors and the mega teachers who came and they began to tell their story. Every one of them had major issues that talked about it. You know, everyone is fighting some kind of battle. There's just no two ways about it. So I'm truly happy. I've got some great blessings, but I have issues in every single area of my life. So those are the three things. I don't want you to think I'm happy because I don't have any issues because that's just not so. I'm happy in spite of my issues. And see, and that makes an issue. And some of y'all say, Pat, you got plenty of money. No, I don't have plenty of money. I got issues with money. 
I have stuff that I have to pay and things that I have to deal with and budgets that I have to meet. I got some issues. Well, Pastor, your body's in real good shape. I just got through with an aching shoulder that I finally got back in shape. I had plantar fasciitis in my running foot. I got all kind of issues in the body. You know, it's just stuff that happens. I had my ear stopped up. I just got stuff. So I got issues in every single area of my life. Well, Pastor, you got a great family. I got a great family. My lump of sugar sitting there. But sometimes it's a little speck in the lump of sugar every now and then. It's just stuff. So I have issues in every single area of life. There's nothing that's perfect. But in spite of it all, when you have a, and God said, it's because you see me in everything. And I really, really do. I believe that my life, first of all, is not controlled by Satan. The devil has no authority and no power. And see, if you're in Christ, y'all not to have it in your life either. He has no power in my life. Every single thing in my life is orchestrated and ordained and ordered by God. Job said in Job chapter 2, beginning at the 6th verse, he said this. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. And this is the part I want you to understand. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? That's the NIV. The King James Version says it. Shall we accept good from God and not evil? You know, I said, well, that's Job. No, no, it wasn't just Job who said it. Solomon said it too. In Ecclesiastes 7, 14, he said, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider God has made the one as well as the other. He said, you're so happy because you see me in everything. And no matter what condition I'm in, you know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I had to crash in Greece. I was laying in the street bleeding, didn't even know whether I was going to die, not whether I was going to live, didn't know whether my eye was going to be put out. And I'm just laying in the street, blood dripping all over the street, just happy as I can be. That's no exaggeration. I sat and I said, Lord, I'm where you told me to be. If I shall die here in this street, so be it. And that's just the way I felt. Wouldn't even tell the doctor. Said, I see you had a big accident. I ain't no accident. This is an incident. There are no accidents. This is an incident. So even in the worst of condition, I was just as happy as I could be because I could feel the presence of God. I was out of town in Oregon this past weekend. I was walking along the street in and as I was walking, I was talking with my mother on the phone. And my mother said, son, I'm worried about you. You're walking these streets. You're going several miles. And you're all by yourself. You know how mothers worry about their sons. And mama still called me boy. Boy, I'm just worried about. I don't care how old you are. She still called me boy. And she still said, you're just a baby. So no matter how old you get, you're still that way in mama's eyes. And mama says, son, you're just walking these streets and all the kind of folk and all kind of crazy folk. And you're going all this distance and you're all by yourself. She said, I'd feel better if you weren't alone, but you're all walking these streets all by. I said, mama, I am not by myself. And when you understand that, 
It changes how you walk. It changes every circumstance you experience. See, you're not in good hands with all state. I've had some experience with all state. You're not in good hands with all state. You're only in good hands with the one who made your hands. And when you understand that, it changes how you walk. It changes what you are afraid of. And if something even happens to you, it changes how you view it. Because I truly believe that everything is orchestrated by God. And when we're able to see that, it will change the way we look at the world. Stephen Hawkins, many of you have heard of him. He's probably the most famous astrophysicist. He's at Cambridge University. Some people say that he's the most intelligent man on earth. But Stephen Hawkins has ALS syndrome. It's commonly called Lou Gehrig's disease. And it will eventually take his life. He's been confined to a wheelchair for years where he can do little more than sit and think. Stephen Hawkins lost the ability even to speak, and now he has to communicate by means of a computer that is operated from the tiniest movement of his fingertips because he can only just tremble his hand. He is too weak to write, feed himself, comb his hair. He can't fix his glasses. He can't even wipe his behind. All this has to be done for him. But yet Hawkins said that before he became ill, he had very little interest in life. He called it a pointless existence resulting from sheer boredom. He drank too much and did very little work. Then he learned he had ALS and he was not expected to live more than two years. And he claimed to have been happier after he was diagnosed than ever before. And you say, how can that be? Hawkins said, when one's expectations are reduced to zero, one really appreciates everything that one does have. To a man like Hawkins, who thought he would soon die, everything takes on meaning. Suddenly, each small pleasure becomes precious. By contrast, those who believe life owes them a free ride are often discontent, even with the finest gifts. So here's Stephen Hawkins He was in an Ivy League school. He had everything, but yet he wasn't that happy with life. Then he got the diagnosis he's going to be dead in two years. And all of a sudden, life became precious. And even confined to a wheelchair, not able to move virtually anything. He says he's happier now than he was before he got the disease because he appreciates what he has now, whereas before he did not. And see, that's the real key to happiness. The real key to happiness is just to be able to appreciate what you have. Because I believe everything I got, God has graced me with it. And when you appreciate what you have, it changes how you live and how your joy is. See, most of us, we're not appreciating what we have. We're longing for what we don't have. And because we're longing for what we don't have, we have this constant, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get my degree. I'll be happy when I make a certain amount of money. I'll be happy when I find true love. I'll be happy when I lose these 30 pounds. I'll be happy this and that and the other. And the thing about it, once we get what we think we wanted, that we find out we probably didn't even need in the first place, we're still no happier once we get the thing because we haven't learned to be happy with what God has already graced us with. 
So as we go through life, we got to learn how to view stuff a little bit different and understand the main thing is that God controls it all. And if you're a child of God, he's caused every situation for your betterment. And when we understand that, it just makes a difference. A sickly widow, she had two sons whom she relied on for her financial support. One son sold umbrellas. And the first thing the mother did every morning was to look out to see if the sun was shining or if it looked like it was going to rain. If it was cloudy, her spirits were good because there was a chance that it might rain and her son would sell some umbrellas. And as a result, she would get more money. But if the sun was shining, she was miserable all day because no umbrellas would be sold. The widow's other son sold fans. And every morning she looked out of the window and every morning that looked like rain, she would get depressed. Because without the sun's heat, no one was likely to buy fans. So no matter what the weather was, she had something to fret about. While talking with a friend one day, the friend said, Look, perk up. You got it made. If the sun is shining, people will buy fans. If it rains, they'll buy umbrellas. All you have to do is change the way you look at stuff. My daddy used to call it this. He said, Some people you can't please riding or walking. If you put them in a car and rode them, you can't make them happy. If you walk with them, you can't make them. He says, some people you cannot please riding or walking. And some people are happy riding or walking. And it all depends upon how you view it that makes the difference. And when you understand that God causes and puts everything in place of his children. It changes how you look at your circumstances. John 9, starting at the first verse, you've heard it. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither have this man sinned nor his parents that he was born blind but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. See, many of us would look at a rough situation and we'd say, that's just Satan that has the man blind. No, God controls everything. See, even with Job, Satan couldn't do one thing that God did not allow him to do. That's why Satan doesn't control my life. If Satan does operate in my life, it's because God has said, go do this in that boy's life. Satan has no control over my life. Now, the problem is many times we don't know what's going on in heaven. So all we see is blindness and we think it's all negative because we don't know what's going on in heaven. See, sometimes in your world when stuff has gone wrong, you don't know what the ultimate purpose is. All you do is feel the pain of the thing. See, when I was laying in the street, blood just dripping. Trust me, it was hurting. Wasn't that I couldn't feel pain. I didn't know what all was wrong. I couldn't tell whether I was going to fall out. Felt like my jaw was crushed in all my teeth was about to pop out. Still didn't matter. God gave them to me anyway. That's what Job said. Naked came I into the world and naked am I going out of the world. So he gave it all. He can take it all away. And when you have that kind of spirit and mentality and understanding, it changes the way that you walk through life. And you look back through so many of the stories in the Bible and you'll see that sometimes when people went through lack and it looked like they were going through so much trouble. You remember the list of women who were barren and prayed for a child and every one of the women it said one and God shut up their womb. 
there wasn't a devil. It was God. And God shut up their womb. And, and the women were just praying and pleading with God for a child. And you would ask, why would God send them through so much pain and so much turmoil and so much lack? But look at the women who were barren. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Elizabeth, and Hannah. Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Rebecca gave birth to twins, Esau and Jacob. The whole nation of Israel came from. Rachel gave birth to Joseph. Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist. And Hannah gave birth to Samuel. You don't know some of the areas in your life why God has shut them up. And sometimes God has to shut up the stuff to make you appreciate when it does come. Because if it comes too easy, we just don't appreciate it. So sometimes God has to shut a door. Turn a lock and lock up some stuff because he knows you will not appreciate it unless you go through some pain and go without it. And then all of a sudden, now when it comes, oh, Lord, please. And when it finally gets here, now you can learn to appreciate it. God controls everything. And often we only can see God in the good. We don't see God in the pain. We don't see God in the negative. This is the ark of salvation. God was in the flood. God caused the flood and the flood killed more folk than anything ever in the world before or since. Only eight people survived and that was all God. And sometimes we can't understand and we can't see why God does stuff because our knowledge and limitation is so limited. But if we can understand and almost every one of the great pains and the great turmoils that I've gone through, I'm able to see down the road. This is why. God sent me through that. So I want you to ask yourself three questions whenever you're going through something. And I want you to ask yourself about the class, the cause, and the correction. Number one, the class. What is God trying to teach me? What lessons do I need to learn? Sometimes God has to send us through some stuff for us to learn. To teach us some stuff. So first question, Lord, what is this class about? I'm going through this. What do I need to learn from this? And there's been some situations where God would not let me intervene with people and I didn't understand. There's a fellow in jail right now. And his parents contacted me about he's in jail. And God said, not one minute, not one penny. You shall not spend one minute on him, nor one penny. Now, I'd spend a whole lot of time trying to work with him, trying to mentor him, trying to get him straight. He still wouldn't listen. He still ended up back up in jail. And he wrote me a letter said, Pastor, you just won't come see me. You won't help get me out of jail. I said, look, I told your parents, not one minute, not one penny. I'm not spending one penny on you. And I'm not going to spend but 59 seconds to answer this. I'm not spending one minute. I'm not spending one penny. And God wouldn't explain why. That's all he told me. Not one minute, not one penny. See, sometimes God won't let us out of the class until we pass the class. And see, I'd helped him so many times before, but he kept getting right back in the same situation. Years ago, I had a situation where I went down and I talked to the Fulton County District Attorney, talked with him. The attorney dropped the charges, let the fella out. The fella dead now. So if I had not gone, he might be still alive. And see, you want to go in with your heart and intervene. God said, no, no, I got that fella in class. And if you go in and you change it, you're going to let him out before he completes the class. And if you let him out before he completes the class, it's going to be destructive. Some of us are in class. See, I learn better, unfortunately. I learn better through pain than I do pleasure. Now, I don't know how you are, but I learn better through pain than I do pleasure. Now, I'm working on that. 
to where I don't have to go through some stuff to learn. But how many of you are like me? Did you have to just go through some stuff for it to get through your thick head? I have to go through some stuff. But God will put us in class for us to learn. So first, Lord, what is the class? What are you trying to teach me with this? Second, what is the cause? Why did this happen? Now, sometimes you will have no idea why it happened. But a whole lot of times you will. And you'll be able to see. Sometimes the cause is sin. Y'all say sin. sin. Sometimes it's just sin that's the cause. So you see the cause really, really clear. What is the cause of this thing? And usually the cause of the thing in most of our stuff. Because the only cause that you can truly change is the stuff that you can change. You can't change other folk. You can only change the cause with you. So what is the class? What is the cause? And then the third thing, what is the correction? Because if we're going through pain, I really don't believe God intends for us to just go through pain over and over and over and over and over. But you will go through it over and over and over if you don't learn the class and make the correction. Any class that you don't pass, you must repeat. And the course gets harder. So we learn these things. And if we learn some stuff, when I was in Oregon recently, see Elijah, they were sitting in a restaurant. I got an email and the email basically was about my tax return. I had been really dreading having to pay all these big taxes that were going to be due. And when I got the email, the email simply said, your tax returns are complete. Good news. So I had to go log into an all kind of special secure site. Took me about five minutes. And basically, I was expecting to pay all this huge amount of money. And what the thing said was, you're getting some money back. And I'm sitting next to see a lot. I said, how in the world? And I'm getting all excited because the taxes I would have had to pay literally would have bought six brand new cars. So I'm saying, I've got to pay all these and I'm getting enough back to buy a new car. I said, my goodness. And I'm getting all excited. But then I had to remember the class. God had told me with my last big increase that I'd gotten, he said, don't get excited about money. Because if you get excited when money goes up, you get depressed when it goes down. Your spirit needs to be independent. So I had to calm right down. I said, okay, well then, so what? <laughs> and that's how you remain happy because, see, stuff changes. You all say that with me. Stuff changes. Do you all know that? Stuff changes. So if your happiness is based on stuff, your happiness will change and it will go up and down and vacillate. But when you're focused on God, and see, this was a part of the class. Now, if I had stayed happy and stayed all excited about that, something else would have happened, and I'd have had to repeat the course. So understand the class. If you can, understand the cause, and then understand the correction that you need to make. As Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider God has made the one as well as the other. Class, cause, and correction. And people, I believe that every one of us has the ability that God has given us to be as happy as we want to be. But you'll only be that way when you understand it is God who controls, who gives us, who grants us everything, the good and the tribulation. And when you understand that, you can bear all persecutions with joy. How do you think Paul was able to stay in jail and be just as happy as he could be? And you know, Paul died a pretty rough death. Paul was beheaded. And a lot of people look at that and say, oh my goodness, his head was chopped off. And here's a man who wrote so much of the New Testament. How, how tragic, how could God let that happen? Depends on how you look at it. Paul went on to rest. It all depends on how you look at stuff. And you cannot see the reward that Paul has gotten. 
because you're not God. But what you do know is this. If you're walking with Jesus, you're in good hands. And whatever happens, it is God who is orchestrating this thing. And when you understand that, everything that happens in your life, you can be just as happy with it. You can be just as content with it. And no matter what the weather, you got a smile on your face. I want to thank the choir for carrying on today. We're having some changes in the music department. Our current minister of music will not be here any longer after this month. He's leaving. He's going back home. Has nothing to do with the ark. But he said he's just being led to just go back home. This is the first time he's ever been away from home on his own. He said there's a lot of stuff just hidden in me. He just led to go back home. And he told us that about two weeks ago. And I came out of the meeting And I was saying to God, I said, Lord, what are we going to do now? You know what God told me? He said, are you kidding me? (laughs) He said, you've seen all the miracles that I have brought you through. You've seen miracles. You've seen my hand and thing after thing. And you sitting here worried about a minister music. He said, are you kidding me? See, some of you all are worrying about some stuff right now. And God has brought you through time after time after time. And you've seen deliverance after deliverance after deliverance. And you sitting there worrying about that thing. Just look at the person and laugh and say, are you kidding me? As much as God has brought me through, are you kidding me that you're sitting here worried about stuff like that? And see, people, this is a part of life. And this is why when you learn and understand that God controls everything, stuff doesn't bother you. It's in his hand as long as you do what he tells you to do. Now, if you're not doing what he tells you to do, you're going to have another class that you're going to have to repeat. And you got to learn. You may get spanked on your knuckles because you didn't do what the teacher told you to do. So... Our minister of music, basically, after the end of this month, he'll be here during the revival, but he won't be here for next Sunday because he's going to be traveling with a group for that time. So we got to get another minister of music. So even when God told me that, now I just didn't go back and sit down and say, well, Lord, I'm going to let you handle it. No, I got on the phone. I called a pastor who was a very good friend of mine, and I said, look, we're going to need another minister of music because our minister of music is leaving at the end of this month. And I've got this unusual command that God has not released me from. And he just told me two words. He said, under 25. So i got to get a minister of music who's under 25. I said, do you know anybody who can fit that bill? He thought about it. He said, no, I don't know anybody that's going to fit your qualification. He said, but my daughter is a musician. And she is a professional musician. She does studio sessions. She knows a lot of folk. Why don't you contact her? I said, you mean the daughter that I just invested in her company two months ago? He said, yeah, that daughter. So I emailed her. I told her that we're going to need another minister of music, and I got one criteria. They must be under 25. She said, Pastor Bronner, let me check. I'll get back with you. About a week later, she sent me an email. She said, I got three. They're all highly qualified. All of their spirits are right, and all of them are under 25. Now, see, before it was limited But that's why God said, are you kidding me? See, I've seen this stuff work in so many different regions. Now, sometimes God will order your steps through different paths. He does not take you to the final destination of where you're supposed to be. That's why some of y'all have done so much dating. Sometimes you got to go through some things to get to where you're supposed to be. But if you're following what God has told you to do, He may take you one path or another, but he will always end up at the destination. And sometimes it is a learning experience. It's a learning experience for you. It's a learning experience for them. So we may be in a little bit of a flux state for 30 days, 
But God is going to have the perfect person who is ordained to be here with us. I have no question about that. I have seen God work too much stuff, and he just had to chastise me for even doubting that he's got everything orchestrated. And that's just the way I feel about life. Now, see, the key about it is that you got to do what you're supposed to do. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it. They just lay down and just wait where God got everything. No, no, he gave you two hands for you to do what you can do. And when you do what you can do fully like you're supposed to do it, he handles the rest of it. And that's why a lot of times you have to look at those three C's. When you have to look at that class, that cause, and that correction, you have to ask yourself, have I done what I'm supposed to do? And a lot of times that cause is in the root. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So you need to do what you're supposed to do. But God handles it from there. So this church and everything is in God's hands. And when it's in his hands and your life is in his hands. And when you understand that God orchestrates everything and that there are no accidents, it changes your level of joy. And that's how you can have joy that's beyond understanding. When you're going through stuff and you're just as happy and folk can't understand, how can a person be peaceful in a situation like this? How can you be in the hospital and happy? How? Because you understand that it is God who orchestrates everything, not just the good. It is God who orchestrates everything. And how can we accept good from God and not the trouble? Because that's in his word that trouble is coming. Over and over and over. And I can give you a dozen. That's in his word. Trouble is here. Man born of woman is a few days. And didn't even say have a little bit of trouble. And full of trouble. But all of that trouble, God has orchestrated. Now see, a lot of the trouble, it is from our actions. But that's not the way you need to look at it. You really want to stay happy. See, that's not the way that I look at it. Some of my pain, some of my problems has been because of stuff I did. But let me tell you something. It's a whole lot of stuff I did I didn't pay for. Do you understand that? It's a whole lot of stuff I did, and it's a whole lot of stuff you did you haven't paid for. So the grace and the mercy that God grants is awesome. So I'm just thankful sometimes. One of the reasons I'm saying, Lord, thank goodness I didn't pay for that. Lord, thank goodness that thing could have come out like this and I, ooh, that could have happened. Thank goodness that your grace and your mercy and your protection has been over my life. See, none of you are in the shape you could have been in. Some of you are going through some trouble right now, but you're not in nearly the trouble you could have been in. If you'd have paid for all of the stuff that you did wrong, you would have been in some serious mess and some serious shape. So it all depends on how you view this thing. So even with the pain and even with the trouble and even with the things that we did cause, I am just so thankful for the extreme amount of mercy and grace that I have been given. And that's why I'm so happy because I see a great and merciful father. But I see also a stern and wise and caring father. That doesn't let me get away with too much and yet will chastise me so that it takes my spirit higher and higher and higher. I thank you today for joining us here. And if this message has been beneficial, you can listen to it again or send it to a friend. Just go to brothersoftheword.com. You can send it to anyone absolutely free. Thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled Class, Cause, and Correction by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5769. That's 5769. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5769 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.